0: This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. We all have some sort of trauma or baggage or whatever it may be, challenges that we faced growing up. And, you know, as a parent, they crop up because now you're head to head and it's like your kids are like a mirror.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Where East Meets West. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. It's been my delight to be collaborating with EP Log Media and, of course, our beloved America Meditating Radio. How do you continue to navigate during these times as a parent? You know, so many of us have had to be dealing with children at home or maybe we can afford daycare, but a lot of things are showing up inside of us. We're getting tested. We're we're checking to see our patience, you know, the the level of love that maybe we need to amplify in our lives. The soul is going through quite a wash. And I don't know about you, but I've been in the rinse cycle for a while, just trying to keep everything going and keep everything up. But hey, that's what life is about. It's all about us going through the motions of things as best as we can, and coming out ahead of it in some way or the other. If you look back at your life, you'll see that whatever you've been through has been beneficial. You've gained more experience, maybe you're stronger, and maybe you've met the person or people that you've always wanted to be with. Things are going to always come out somehow, somewhere in your favor, even when it's at its toughest. I could not be more excited to be having this conversation with a very, very sweet, sweet, wonderful soul that I've known. I don't want to say anything, but she's revealing how old I am. And I'm really not happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) You see, you can hear her. She's smiling on the other end and I know it. So Kanika Um, Chaita Gupta is a wife, mom of three, journalist, and entrepreneur. She's a creative thinker and a born storyteller. She began her career as a CNN anchor and executive producer, but she's made her mark in the news media, where on-air interviews, marketing and branding, video production, and even podcasting. Parenting has been a struggle, especially Mm -hmm. during this ongoing pandemic. And that is why Kanika has made her mission to support parents and help them realize there is no substitute for the superpower of intuition mom sense but also dad sense too she's the founder and host of the top rated podcast that's total mom sense where she interviews industry experts on all things parenting she's been featured on the today show good day new york l india and india.com and much more please everyone welcome my very very sweet sweet sister kanika kanika welcome
0: oh thank you so much it's an honor sister java thank you
1: Oh my gosh. It's like my face, if it could smile any bigger, it would have popped or just gotten deformed. Just to let you know.
0: I have a -a (laughs) permagrin. There's
1: just something about these meaningful relationships that after 20 years, you bump into each other and it's like, Hey, it's you. Yes. It's you. Yes.
0: Isn't it amazing how the universe gives you what you need?
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember how fiery you were for journalism, and you were really going to go out there and just do the best work possible. So I'm very proud of your achievements. Tell us a little bit about your work in broadcast journalism and digital marketing, and the podcast program that you're doing. How are you able to balance out parenting and career? Tell me, it's because of your meditation and because (laughs) of my
0: teachings. (laughs) It is. is. Uh, No, I I feel like. Um, it's definitely been a journey. And um, again, it's such an honor to be on the show with you. I'm so happy to have this conversation. So, storytelling is the uh, fabric of my life, and it's been this common thread throughout. And I still remember when my nani, my grandmother, would tell me stories from the Bhaklapita and, you know, of, recount stories of Ramayana and Mahabharata. And these were life lessons, morals that shaped me as a young girl. And I also remember um, when I was in grade school, all of the women in my family, you know, and it's multi-generational. So me, my sister, my mom, my aunt, and my nanny would pile up on the sofa in my mom's bedroom and watch Oprah at four o'clock. And it was it was ritual for us, and one thing I loved about her was that she would take interviews and and human interest stories and and personal accounts, um, and and use that as a form of storytelling. And so I knew that journalism was my calling, and particularly. Human interest uh, stories is what kind of what I gravitated towards. So I went to Boston University for my undergraduate. Did international relations. uh, Went to University of Miami where I pursued my master's in broadcast journalism. And then, on a whim, I moved to India. I uh, had some mentors who said, you know, you can try and work for a smaller market in the states, but um, you know, if you'd like, you could. You know take a risk, try your hand at uh a station abroad, and I looked into stations in in Bombay where I was born, and uh, I found that there were just three English medium stations. it was BBC Times Now, which was owned by Reuters and c n n and I gave myself a time frame. I said within a month, if I don't get hired, I'll go back and it was Almost like to the day, like the 29th day that I was there, that I uh, got a call from CNN and they said we'd like to hire you as a producer. So, yeah. So I started. I remember that time. I remember. I I remembered you were heading to
1: India and you were trying that out. And I thought it was quite a bold move, but you were so focused. You were clear.
0: Oh, thank you. Yes. And you know what? I feel like something drew me. To going back to India, and when I was was in Bombay, I felt like I was reliving my mom's life. Mm-hmm. I would still frequent the same restaurants she would go to, and you know the um, bazaars in Kalaba. And I thought, wow, my mom as a you know adolescent was doing the same thing. So it <laughs> was really cool uh, to be there and. Um, a few milestone events that really shaped my career and who I am were, um, the 2611 terror attacks Mm -hmm. that was, that happened when I was just a month into the job. And, um, we all spent the night in the newsroom for three nights and, you know, the entire city was under siege for over 60 hours. And I felt like that really, um, kind of molded me as a journalist because if you can handle crisis reporting, you can handle anything it's so touch and go and I interviewed survivors and you know it was just those stories they still they stay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another uh, you know global kind of event was Slumdog Millionaire winning the Oscars and that was one that I feel like India kind of considered a win for the country. And I remember, you know, there was this hoopla around the film, the BAFTA win, the Oscar win, and I instead did an expose where I interviewed Rubina Ali. She was a young girl um, lead who was cast from the slums by director Danny Boyle, and I did a day in the life with her, and I, it was the most gut wrenching yet heartwarming mm-hmm. piece because she showed me where she slept on the cold floor. She showed me, um, you know, the rows and rows of shanties. And uh, Dharavi is where she's from. It's the largest slum in the world. It's a, there's a million residents. And wow. and the, the happiness that still exuded from the community, you know, that I felt like this is the real story of what, you know, slum dog is so, yeah. and yeah.
1: I remember there were mixed feelings for many. It was like, you know, India always has an issue that it doesn't want to show its its other side. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the the slums, the 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 gangsters, the, the the domestic violence, I mean, the issues can go on. And yet at the same token, by showing the real aspect of India in all of its glory in whatever shape or size it comes in, then you open up room for dialogue and maybe support to make changes. But if you keep, you know, just sweeping it under the rug and not letting anybody know that this is an ailment, this is a parasite, this is a sore in our country, how are you going to give aid to it? So I think covering that story must have been very powerful for you.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that, you know, kind of allowed me to um, create this you know, new niche, if you will, or vertical, if you will, where there, there can be entertainment stories. I was on the Entertainment Bureau and hosted a show called E Tonight. So it was very much a lifestyle show. But I said, I'm not going to do the, the superficial content. I want to showcase stories that have substance, that have heart. And I was kind of unapologetic about that. And I said, they're still there. They are. You have to look for those gems, though.
1: Relations for that. (laughs) So as you're moving forward and you're doing your work and you're building your career, you bump into Mr. Gupta and (laughs) then you end up (laughs) and then you end up a mom. How has motherhood changed you? And it's is it what you expected?
0: Oh my goodness. I knew I always wanted to be a mom, um, Sister Jenna. And you've seen the dynamic that I share with my sister, Monica, who is seven years younger. Um, I still remember babysitting her when I was way too young to be doing so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I thought that it was going to be a lot like that. And, um, it, it did definitely shake me to my core. Um, I can share that when Sunil and I met, uh, we we actually met back in 2005 at a bridal shoot, Total Chance Encounter. Lost touch for 5 years, especially while I was abroad in India and reconnected and then ended up having a wedding. And we already had our initial wedding photos from the first day we met. (laughs) So that was... Uh, Kismuth Bollywood story, if you will. Um, and then we were married, you know, we were together for four years before we had kids. And even that was a journey. Um, I had an ectopic pregnancy, which I definitely had to advocate for myself in the healthcare system. I knew that something was awry and, you know, and figured it out in time. Um, and then, you know, I feel like God and the universe gave me, uh, this gift. So I have this vision board where I had a picture of a pink booty and a blue booty, uh, baby booties, those little knitted ones. And I knew that I wanted to manifest becoming a mom at some point, a girl or boy, I didn't mind. And lo and behold, in 2017, I had twins, a girl and a boy. And it just was like, <laughs> did I just have this materialize somehow? I don't know how that happened. Uh, and then I had my third... Um when they were nine months, I got pregnant for my third. So I had three in 18 months. Mm. I joke that they're my Irish triplets. <laughs> <laughs> and I I learned a lot. And I feel like the most important thing is uh you have to relinquish control. You don't have control when you're a parent as much as you want it, especially yeah. if you're like me, who's type A. And um, and secondly, as parents we're the students, mm. kids are the teachers. They are the ones who are teaching you patience. They are the ones who are teaching you to find joy in the little things again. Yeah. They are the ones who are teaching you to be carefree, you know, and, and not stressed out. And so I, I, I do love that. I feel like I've evolved as a person, thanks to my kids.
1: Yeah. And they're also teaching you how to love unconditionally, too, no? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Would you say that parenting in the U.S. is much different than parenting in India?
0: Yes, it has become so. And I find this to be really unfortunate. Um, In the U.S. and, you know, in most other countries, it's all about the nuclear unit. And in India, it's you have a built-in village. You know, you have uh, grandparents and aunts and uncles and just all these um, mainstays around you that are shaping your child's life. And here I feel like we're very isolated and lonely. And you have to make it a point to recreate that village. Whether it's with, uh, if you have grandparents who live close by, my in laws live close by, so that's been great. Um, neighbors, friends, that kind of thing. Um, it can just be an insular existence if you only focus on your sure. you know, family unit. It definitely
1: takes the weight off of the mother. And yeah. in, in some sense, Having so many generations imparting their values on the children, that's very much of a big plus. But I have heard that the children are, even though they have that in India now, there's also a very big shift happening in them. They might not necessarily be like my generation or your generation as such that there is a different way that they're looking at things. And they're not really listening to grandma Mm. or grandpa as much as maybe you did or I did. and. There are changes going on big time. So, being born in Mumbai, India, and you were trained Indian classical dancer, I remember. You're passing this on to your daughter, I heard, (laughs) and you're also speaking Hindi at home and reading from the Bhagavad Gita to your children. Why is it so important to keep in part in our Indian heritage?
0: Oh, absolutely. I I think that, you know, I don't want it to end with me. Um, Whatever I can pass on from the ancestors before me, I, I want to do that um, due diligence. I, I find it to be a responsibility and a privilege and uh, it takes work. You have to have buy-in from your spouse too. And so Sunil, um, he learned Hindi late, later in life. Uh, he took a course in college to learn. And I had learned uh, from being around my grandmother growing up and aunts and uncles. And I, i had studied in India school where I learned um really everything my mom was so pivotal uh in having giving me access to this these cultural programs but I learned hindi and dance from the age of 5 um so 15 plus years and um yeah I want to be able to create that in my own way for my kids so you know we're always quizzing them like if you're learning mm-hmm. your colors and English, it's like red is Lal, green is Hara, like just mm-hmm. a <laughs> little ways like that. What's um, been their response
1: yeah. like when they hear the Gita and these things? How are they? What are, do they have questions?
0: They do, they do. I feel like at this point, um, I, I put on bhajans for them and I try and discuss, like, I guess do, I, I like to kind of go through the folklore, um, because it's so fantastical. So yeah. they like that. I've, I've told them the. The stories of Baby Krishna and um of Ganpati and Ganesh. And so little things they remember. Um, if I'm putting on a bhajan, which is a religious hymn or song, um, my daughter always remembers that she she says, we have to put the Ganesh bhajan first. <laughs> because I love that. Yeah, we, we remember how we, you know, pray and kind of uh acknowledge him first. So little things they pick up on, you know, and um. And I think it's important that they understand that this is, you know, these are our roots.
1: They must be so brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, The global pandemic. I know that we are somehow trying to get out of that now Mm -hmm. and it has taken a toll on our lives and youths, especially their mental health issues. We are at a level of a crisis. What are your thoughts about this and any tips you would, you know, offer parents and,
0: you know, youths who may be struggling during these times? Sure. Yeah. I think it's so important to be communicative and open with each other. Yeah. Um, one thing that I feel like is just uh, so sad is that, you know, our kids are going to school with their masks on and teachers have masks on and, and that impedes communication. It impedes, you know, Really understanding and having conversations resonate. And, um, and I, I, you know, completely agree that we have to abide by these guidelines from a health and public health perspective. Um, but I do think back, you know, if I was five years old and saw that all the time, you know, what that kind of distorts a reality a little bit. Um, and they also, you know, no, they'll say, uh, coronavirus or we can't go there because of coronavirus and like this it's this ever-present boogeyman, you know and so for young kids i think it's um important to kind of break things down and, and say that you know like th- the reason why we're doing this is to avoid getting sick and yeah um and then if there are um challenges along the way where they feel like they can't express themselves It's important to take a time in. Yeah, we do do this. Um, So instead of time out, which was the old world, you know, sit in a corner, face the wall, be ostracized from the family for a little while. um, I try to do the opposite. We're we're taking a time in. We're um, figuring out how are we feeling, and if and if we're feeling sad or feeling frustrated or upset, why is that? And then. Um, I do... Um, we, we notice our senses. So I'll say, what are 5 things around the room that you see in this moment? And yes. now what are 4 things that you hear? And 3 things that you can touch. Maybe it's the sofa under you or your fuzzy socks on. 2 things that you can smell. You know, It could be cookies or flowers or whatever you smell in the room. And then one thing you can taste and so that brings them back to the present moment and is a form of, you know, meditation and mindfulness.
1: Awful, Kanika. Thank you for that. Actually, yeah. I feel like I want to use that for myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets you, know? you out of your head, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Other things.
1: You know, as you look at life now, here you are, a mom, entrepreneur, you're leading a great podcast. What's been the hardest moment for you? And how did you get out of it?
0: Oh, Keeping it together, I think, um, you know, I I do feel like we have to give ourselves that grace and that forgiveness when we have our breakdowns. Um, you know, it's so important to, to give yourself that allowance. Sometimes it's almost like, you know, would you be so critical? of a friend? Would you be so, um, you know, negative when it came to a friend? No, you would be supportive and encouraging and, you know, all of that. And so I I feel like that negative self-talk when you are having a hard day is something that I'm, you know, trying to work through. And, And unlearning the behaviors from my past and childhood. I feel like we all have some sort of trauma or Baggage or whatever it may be challenges that we faced growing up, and you know, as a parent, they crop up because mm-hmm. now you're head to head and it's like your kids are like a mirror, and so that's the hardest part I'm like my voice is quivering as I say, um but that's the hardest part, you know, and, and there's times where I just you know I'll cry or I'll break down, but i I am committed to. Unlearning the behaviors or or circumstances that didn't serve me in my past. And I yeah. don't want to recreate that reality for my kids. Yeah. So just having that awareness, I think, is the most important. And then you, over time, do the work to yeah. not have yeah. the patterns repeat.
1: You know, uh, in this birth, I chose not to have children. It's not that I didn't, you know, had a problem, but I just wasn't there. But when my mother started with dementia and I inherited this child, I felt for the first time what it takes to have a child 24-7 need everything from you and challenged if I want to give everything to her, but sometimes feeling I just don't have enough. How do you find your me time? What do you do for your me time? I have not been able to find me time since my beloved sister Gita's dementia. Um, going to India, uh, going to India, I will be capturing something. I hope, I hope. Mm-hmm. But I know that my me time has to come from just within the way that I'm perceiving things. But sometimes it's just not enough. I just mm-hmm. need my space. What do you do for your me time as a mom yeah. and a wife?
0: Yes, yeah. I mean I I carve it out in my day. Everything goes on my Google Calendar. And I feel like <laughs> the me time comes when it's after I've dropped my kids off. I'm fortunate that the three of them are all in the same daycare. And so I drop them off. And um once I come home, then I make my cup of chai. And you know, if I want to um take some moments to meditate, I'll do that. Uh, but I I carve that time out. And then I also feel like um, it sounds cliche, but working out to me is also me time. It's Mm -hmm. time that I'm focusing on my health. And I think that even if you go outside and go for a run, it's um, that just that cadence. And it's almost like your, your feet are running to the pace of your heartbeat. That's a meditation in itself. Yeah, You know, and so, yeah, that, that's also me time, but you have to, um, you have to find those windows. Right. And it's for me, it might not happen on the weekend when, you know, all five of us are at home and yeah you know there's pancake batter and toys everywhere <laughs> but but it's happening on the weekdays when, when yeah. they're in
1: school. <laughs> you know my mom has this habit of um going into the drawers and taking all the clothes out and taking it into the bathroom and oh. then she will just walk with all the clothes all over the place and it's just everywhere oh my and goodness. i consider myself to be a very neat person and when i started to see myself losing my peace by saying you can't do that you have to fold the clothes you can't take it out the drawer. You've got to put it here. And I started to feel like how my peace was being affected, which is my greatest currency.
0: Yes. I yes. just
1: decided, you know what? Throw the clothes here. Let me help you. Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> and Kanika, I have to tell you, it has brought me so much peace. The the place looks like the tsunami hit it every day. Oh, but no. you know what? My currency of peace is not leaving me. Yes. And I found that that is most precious. And I can only imagine moms having to keep remembering their currency of peace and not letting that go because you she stepped on a toy as she was walking into the kitchen or something uh, like that.
0: Right. Right. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I, I think there is a point where you have to, it's a trade-off. It's It's like, do you want to be stressed out, strung out yelling, or do you want to keep the peace? Like yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So let's talk a little bit about your amazing podcast with over 200,000 monthly digital streams. Look at you. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Total mom sense. What's going on with it? How did it start? How do we get to listen to it?
0: Oh, thank you. Um, so that's total mom sense was born, you know, after I had the three kids and it, you know, I feel like every entrepreneur or content creator um, like you kind of started sp- Launches something because it came from a problem that we faced that felt really close to home, and so I had these three young kids and um listened to podcasts, and so many of them were uh, the parenting ones were you know like had this tone of complaining and commiserating you know oh the the potty training, ah oh, this that, you know, and I just thought this is not what I want to hear. I, I would rather have something much more uplifting and encouraging. And um, and I set out to create this show that has the pillars of being informative, insightful, inclusive, inspiring. And that's what I did. And so I launched it on Mother's Day of 2019. And I bring on guests who are more public figures. Um, and I'd love to have you on, by the way. So... Um, but they're public figures that we know and admire and we're not privy to their parenting life. And that's what I want to dive into because if this person has achieved some sort of success in their life and has the grit and the tenacity and uh, the perseverance and intelligence to achieve that, what are the values that they're teaching their kids? Yeah, that's what I want to know. And so that's our legacy. I think it's the most important work we're doing is we're, we're raising the change makers of tomorrow. And Uh so for those who have made a mark in whatever industry they're in, what are they doing? And that's the tone that it's taken. And I've had guests like Bobby Brown and Rebecca Minkoff and Daphne Oz and Malika Chopra all join me and then they share their own Journeys of parenthood and even the vulnerability behind that, because that's the most human thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's available on all players. So Apple, Spotify, um, that's and great. my website, that's totalmomsense.com. And oh, oh so great. You I know, the, the way that I came up with the, the, the title. So, Mom Sense to me is our built in sixth sense. You know, of course, it's a pun and a play on words, but it's our intuition. And so we have a mom sense, we have a dad sense. Everyone has a sixth sense, but um, but I feel like you know, as a first-time parent, we often um, forget it's there, and we're just scrambling from for answers on Google, from other people. What do I do? What do I do? Your mm-hmm. inner knowing is going to guide you. You know mm-hmm. exactly what to do with your child
1: beautiful beautiful so i'm gonna i'm gonna end our time together with a spiritual rapid fire ready Mm -hmm. (laughs) soul or body soul god or religion god tea or coffee tea chai (laughs) (laughs) reading or sleeping
0: oh reading i don't get enough of that
1: that sleeping was a big one, right? I
0: know, I know. Yeah, I, I managed to get my sleep. I do. Um, but mm-hmm. reading time. Oh.
1: Being with friends or being by yourself? With friends. I miss that so much. Me too. That's a big one for me, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, being by the ocean versus being in nature with trees.
0: Ocean always. I'm Give me the water cancer. anytime. Me too. I just cannot. I
1: just don't want to see one more tree.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly there's just something about the waves and dipping your feet in ocean always
1: yeah fame or power power isn't that something
0: Mm -hmm. we all have power
1: yeah 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 Um, if you were to choose these words that I'm going to mention what would be the one out of all three ready
0: mm-hmm.
1: hope gratitude love love mm. that's perfect Kanika i can't tell you how my heart is dancing with so much joy with you and
0: I'm,
1: I'm so proud of you
0: thank you i want to share that you know i was in high school just 17 years old when we met mm. and i remember coming Um, to Brahma Kumaris and to the Peace Village in upstate New York and it was so formative and I remember even when we'd wake up for um, it was uh, is it called Amrit? It felt like four o'clock. Yes yes at 4 a.m. I thought how am I gonna do this (laughs) (laughs) and it was begrudgingly I would wake up with my mom and my sister and we would go and then I would feel Uh, completely alive after that meditation, darshan and karma yoga. I learned about karma yoga from you, how everything that we're doing in life, whether it's cooking a meal or doing the dishes, putting the dishes in the dishwasher. I think of you, honestly, I say, as much as I loathe loading this again, this is my karma yoga. (laughs) You know, this is my karma yoga. And... Um, and I thank you so much for this conversation and the universe for bringing yeah. you to the fore again. This is amazing.
1: Oh, me too. Me too. And thank you so much. Would you believe I still tell people karma yoga is about washing the dishes? putting in the <laughs> <laughs> It, hasn't changed.
0: it yeah, hasn't changed. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. Your parents and are doing know, it all day. If you truth, <laughs>
1: truth never changes. Truth never changes. Right. But every time you hear truth, it changes you. And I believe that very profoundly. So don't forget when you're washing those dishes, doing the laundry, karma yeah. yoga, let me go inside. I'm a peaceful soul. Let me wash these dishes again for the millionth time. Yes. I'm a pure soul. I'm a loving soul. I'm a powerful soul. Just keep doing that. That's yes. your karma yoga.
0: Yes, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. So, Kiran, it's been a delight. I got to get you back again for part two, but yes. leave us with the best, best website to find you and some work, all of your work.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's that's totalmomsense.com.
1: Sounds perfect. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, we just listened to Kanika at Gupta, a mom, a wife, entrepreneur, doing great with her podcast. I mean, just imagine how much potential is in the soul that you can play so many parts and just be that one singular soul. And then whatever it might be, the challenges where you feel like, I can't, I can't do mom anymore. I can't do wife anymore. I can't do business anymore. Only to realize you take a breath. You go for a walk. You go for exercising. You scream. You break down. You cry. And all of a sudden, there's space. And then you realize, I can do more. I can. So whether you're in the East or the West, you've got what it takes. It's not like they do it different in India and different in America. Is that we're all doing it together. We're all going through life. We're unfolding life. It's wonderful, isn't it? So don't forget, just keep your head up and just don't keep thinking about what's not working. Try to find a way out. See inside of you where there's a little space left where your courage, your power, and your tenacity thrives remember no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission and I'm suspecting we're really here to learn to love each other the same so hope you've enjoyed our time together take care, be well don't go getting into trouble (laughs) take care